Hello and welcome to this podcast trailer of Sam's Alternative slash Sam Saturday 4 Hours of Power podcast 3 of 3 part 1. On this part of the podcast I'll be chatting to Alex from of course Tasmanian punk rock band Slow Down Sonic about the band, about their latest single Drift that dropped on Friday of course, how the band formed, how they came up with the band name, what the response has been like for Drift so far. We'll also play Drift on part 2 of the podcast music as well so why don't we get into the interview with alex from slow down sonic hope you enjoy it here it is right now evening alex good evening <laughs> sorry about that whole thing it just didn't want to work it sounded like <laughs> no nah, yeah so um you've got both alex's here mate we've got oh uh, well yeah, double alex. <laughs> yeah double alex we've got alex britain um our guitarist and his phone so I gave oh. up my phone and I'm using his. There you go, Dan. Good thanks, Alex, too. This is going to be interesting. I've never interviewed two people with the same name on the same podcast. So I <laughs> might have to say vocal Alex and, of course, guitar Alex. But Or I'll go bass Alex and normal guitar Alex. Yeah, or something. Just, just call me Brito. Yeah, oh, okay, Brito. And big Alex. Guy. Big unit. He's taller than me. Oh, oh. Well, that's easy to remember. So I better introduce Brito and Alex because they are two of the three members of Tasmania's oh. punk rock band, Slow Down Sonic, who have only just released a new single about oh, 48, 72 hours ago on Friday called Drift. If you haven't checked it out and you love your... You know, Mel and Colin, Violet Soho, Jimmy Eat World style of music. You will enjoy Slow Down Sonic. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Mm. I've actually been playing it a lot through Spotify. Um, it's actually the most played song over the last few days on my Spotify. That might surprise you. That's awesome. Oh, mate. that's Appreciate awesome. That. Thank you. Yeah. But I feel like, because I love merry-go-round, I love coffee and searching and that, but I feel like Drift has something that those three songs I just mentioned doesn't have, and I still don't know what it is yet after listening to it a dozen times, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it eventually. <laughs> it might be our, you mentioned that we had three members. We've actually got um, a permanent fourth member now in, in Cam Illingworth, who's our backup vocalist and, and rhythm guitarist. He does a bit of the lead stuff as well, but... I think some of the feedback we had from the last EP was it would be good to have some texture on the vocals. So um, I knew I actually taught Cam. Um, I'm, I'm a teacher, and um, he was a couple of years out of school. And I said, "Look, I need a guitarist that can sing a bit, or you know, that can that has a great voice. And uh, would you be interested?" And he's like, "Absolutely." So yeah, the rest is history. Wow. Okay, I'm finding out the most I've found out about any band in the first three minutes of this interview. <laughs> Yeah, really. Yeah, so he's a really good guitarist. Uh, sorry, really good. Well, he's a good guitarist, but really good singer in his own right. Um, he used to play in a band called uh, Full Collapse, um, and uh, they're on Spotify. You should should add them to your playlist, mate. They're, I guess, on hiatus <laughs> at the moment. Um, but yeah, really cool band, and um, he's certainly added. I think just that point of difference with the vocals, um, and probably do a lot more in, in, you know, future releases. That's that's good to hear. And I think um, 
Trevor's a good, but like if you can add a second backup vocalist that can bring something different to the table and and experience as well, I think anything's worth experimenting with in music. Yeah, absolutely, and I think a fourth member just brings a lot more texture to all the songs, and it's good. Fills them out a lot. Takes a bit of pressure off you doing the solos and everything with the guitars as well. Yeah, so yeah. Focus more on playing. Bruno, Bruno can sing, but he gets a little bit, gets a bit I get, I, nervous. I don't, I don't believe in myself, Sam. <laughs> well, Bruno, can I tell you this right here, right now? You must be better than me because if anyone heard me start singing, you'd see everyone at the gig get up and leave within two <laughs> seconds of me belting out a tune. So you can't be that bad. That's what I'm worried about. But fair, but fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll take that on board. Still pretty punk rock, though. I write that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing with the uh, Tassie scene at the moment, there's actually a few bands coming out of Tasmania as well, not just in the punk rock scene, but the metal scene as well. There's bands like Last Word and Frogs in Suits. There's Drenched Sword Bros. There's a whole heap of guys coming out of Tassie at the moment, which is great to see. Mm. Oh, for sure, and they're all all all, all great bands, um, and it's just good. It's good to see the uh, the island scene is uh, alive and well. Mm. Now, Sammy, I've got a new new band for you to have a look at, mate. Okay. Uh, this is a new proggy kind of metal band from Tassie, and I actually don't know who they are at all. I know that Tim Broxton um, from Gold Throne sings on a couple of their songs. I'm not sure whether he's in the band or he's just guesting. But they're called Silicon Ballroom. I have never heard of Silicon Ballroom. I'll have to check it out after this interview yeah. ends. Like I'm always right. up for finding new bands. So they're very much underground. They sort of have only got a couple of um, followers on on you know Instagram and whatnot. And no, cut like two posts or something. So they've just released two cracker songs real proggy sort of metal stuff with clean vocals sounds cool mm, i like a bit of my proggy metal as well like I'm a, i was always a diehard tool fan in the 90s and carnival of the uh, later years obviously dream yeah. theater there's some cog. really good yeah cog another good example yeah awesome no, I will definitely have to check them out while I check out any other bands. There's just that much new Aussie music out there at the moment. It's actually hard to keep up with sometimes. Mm. It is, mate. That's one of the great things about the streaming services and, and you know, um, social media platforms. People can kind of, you know, have a voice more easily. But, um, you know, I was just looking at a mate's... Um, Streaming stats. He's he's gone six times platinum, platinum, and he's collected a grand check of eighty five dollars for his uh, Spotify payments. So <laughs> it's unfair in a way. It's like a blessing and a curse, all in the one. So we could all, we could definitely talk about that all night on a podcast interview, yeah. but yeah. it's just so wrong. Like unless you have, you know. 100 million streams on your songs on Spotify, it's not going to be a lot of money. Like, I heard someone say they had 30,000 streams on Spotify for one of their singles, and the grand total was $9.30. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> well, the fact that you've got bands like Luca Brasi, for example, this might, I don't know them that well to really speak about this, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. It's basically like those guys are still, most of them have got either full-time or part-time jobs still. It's like, how can a band that good, you know, still have to be working? Um, they should be full-time musicians and be able to live off it, but it looks like they can't. I don't actually know that for a fact, but reading between the lines, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, there needs to be some um, some power brokers within the industry, i.e. Taylor Swift, maybe boycotting Spotify for anything to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I mean, Luca Brasi, and that's really bad that I completely even forgot about Luca Brasi when they mentioned the bands coming out of Tassie before. But, like, they have shot to fame. Their latest album is amazing. I love it. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, but that, they're not really coming out anymore. That, nah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess, like, for us, all the Tassie bands over here, they're, they're like a revered figure. It's funny that their mm. band name is named after a person from um, a character from The Godfather because they are basically the godfathers of Tasmanian <laughs> punk rock. I mean, I certainly can't remember. I could be, I could stand corrected, but I can't remember a band before them having the success that they've had. Me- mechanism, mechanism. Yeah, mechanism had a um, live at the wireless mm. Um, mm. run there, but probably not to the heights. I don't think they actually released any music. Not sure. No, but yeah, they're, they're, they're another band you need to get around, mate. Mechanism, pretty cool. All right, well, I've got already three bands in the first 10 minutes to check out, and there's probably going to be more by the end of this as well, I get the feeling. Right. But, um, Oh, no, they're not. Well, I don't know if we class them as Victorians or Tassies anymore, but there's the old age thing about Alpha Wolf because are they originally, they're originally from Tasmania, but now Victorians claim them as ours because they live in Melbourne. But I think Tassie should take the credit for Alpha Wolf, I reckon. Yeah, I believe so, mate. Yeah, they're Bernie boys. Uh, as far as I'm aware. I actually, I probably have met or you know, kind of ran into them at some point, but I can't, I couldn't tell you their names or anything like that. But yeah, 100% certain they're from Tassie. How many members you know are from from Tasmania now is you know, I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they've remained reasonably consistent in the songwriting department, those sort of original members are there, still still banging out the tunes. Yeah, and Ariana Titmus lives in Queensland and she's still Tasmania. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into this sort of, all right, is one member originally from another state, now living in another state, we're just going to say that person's from Tasmania or Queensland or... It's they like... <laughs> it's like when Wishful Thinking, I interviewed the Carl from the band Wishful Thinking. I said, how do you actually classify what state Wishful Thinking are from? Because one member's from Queensland. No, two members are from Queensland. One's from New South Wales and one's from Victoria. Like, how do you even classify the state they're from? Mm, I don't know. There'd be a bit of a tussle in the band, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it was like three members and two were from Queensland, you'd say, yeah, Queensland, definitely. But when yeah. it's half and half, it's it's a tough no, one. Actually, you know, whichever state gave you better support. That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, definitely. A funny story of how I actually came across Slow Down Sonic. Um, two things came about it. I was typing in Slowly Slowly, of course, another Australian rock band, but I was yep. actually typing in Slow Down Sonic by Violet Soho, and yep. Slow Down Sonic actually came up, the band from Tassie. So, yep. Yeah, basically. Uh... Bastard. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been pretty open with this. Uh, you know, originally it was me, me, Daniel, and, and, and Alex just thinking of band names. We came up with some absolute shocking yeah, options. Shockers. 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 And I put that in the chat. I literally heard heard the song on Triple J, and I'm like, oh, geez, that's a pretty cool sort of name. And I put it in the group chat, and everybody's like, yep. That sounds actually pretty good. So mm. we just we didn't overthink it. We just went with it. <laughs> if we had overthought it, we uh, still wouldn't have a name. Uh, we still we still wouldn't have a name. Well, no, just... <laughs> well, that's pretty much answered the question already without me being asking it. So there, it's we've a bit weird because we all love Fallen Soho, and I'll probably write tunes a little bit similar in some some aspects. Um, there's been a few references there along the way, but. Yeah, best not to overthink it. Sounds cool. It's not one of their biggest songs, so it'd be different if we were called Covered in Chrome or something. <laughs> yeah, or like Soda or something yeah, like exactly. Impulse Roy or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I, I still think Slow Down Sonic's a great song, but, yeah, you're right. It's not as, you know, oh, yeah. everyone knows. It's, song, yeah. oh, it's one of my favourites, yeah. Just different for them. Yeah. No, they've shot up really big as well. I think Covered in Chrome is what put them on the map, and from then they just went huge. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's just that that uh, great great lyric in it. Mm. Your, your podcast, but oh, no, no, no. identify yeah. with, and boom. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's probably something I should mention before we get further in. If you do want to swear, I don't have an issue with that. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a teacher, I'm so saying... if any of my kids come across this, I'll, I'll play it safe. <laughs> well, I am the worst, Alex and Brito, at um, saying, oh, I don't swear. I'm a shocking with swearing, so you're probably yeah. more from me than you guys. So <laughs> I want to apologise for my outburst before. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so fucking offended. Seriously. No, I'm not really. <laughs> All right. Well, generally with the interviews, Alex and Brito, is I ask a whole heap of questions to the members of the band, in this case, Slow Down Sonic. Then at the end, if Brito and Alex have any questions they want to turn and ask the interviewer, they get the chance at the end. So I'll give you a bit of time to think over any questions you want to ask me. Yep. Awesome, That Sounds good. Let's get into it. Yep, and also I can tell you both parts will be uploaded tonight straight after this interview. So, yeah, um, probably around 10.30, 11 o'clock, and you'll hear both uh, Drift and an unreleased song, but I won't go too much into it. I'll let these guys tell you about it. But All right, so how did Slow Down Sonic form? Um, Yeah, so (laughs) Brito and I played in a band. Uh, called Hounds of Hiroshima together. And we'd been sort of just toying around with, um, yeah, I guess. Songs. Just songs, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. We had we had sort of a couple of people that we jammed with and it didn't really work out. And then girls that came back from the mainland um, 
I think he was, he was in the army at that point. Um, full, maybe. Full, full credit to Alex, though. He kind of had um, recorded a few, few of those early tracks at his place and came and showed me, and it was like, yeah, boom, let's let's get it on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, like, um, yeah, I just basically had, had, you know, I'd been just recording songs and learning how to do demos and whatnot, and um, they were all sort of sitting there, and said, right, let's, let's play a gig. So we did. Um, and then, yeah, basically, um, we've gone through it. Well, we've had a couple of different members. So Bell's, uh, um, after jamming with him for a bit, moved down the east coast of Tassie, which is about three-hour drive, so that wasn't really doable. Um, so he, he bowed out for a little bit, and then we had Damo, and then Bell's came back. So um, And then we had Cam Locke in the band from the Sleepyheads, um, just sort of subbing in as, as the third or second guitarist. Um, that's when we knew we needed one. Yep. As well. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, we found Cam. That's been our lineup since. Yep. Cam, Cam Ellingworth gets confusing with all the similar names. <laughs> no, but yeah, I hadn't even put two and two together that Brito and Alex had been in another band before Slowdown Sonic, but it generally seems to be the case with most bands. They've either grown up together gone to high school together or been in a previous band together. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's, yep, that's it. Exactly right. And I guess with Hobart, Tasmania sort of being a much smaller place than Victoria, it's probably, you would have known someone through another person if you didn't already know who each other was. So it's pretty easy to know someone from a place like Tassie. It's easier in Hobart um, because it's, it's a bigger place and there's more musos. But we're actually from Lonnie, uh, Launceston. So the scene's way smaller here um, to the point where well, we have a big problem with venues to play at um, because there's none. <laughs> I mean, there's the Royal Oak and that's about it. Go the Oak. Um, but, um, yeah, so we're from Lonnie. And, um, yeah, I mean, we had to search high and low to find people, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That weren't already in about five different bands. There's a lot of uh, band band member sharing. Yep. Oh, so yeah, Lonnie. Sorry, yeah, probably should mention Launceston, not Hobart, even though they are nearby. But yeah, technically, if you read it on Spotify and uh, Triple J on Earth, they are actually from Launceston. So that was my bad there. No, all good, mate. No, good. But, um, but, yeah, it's like it's hard when, you know, a small town like Lonnie where you have to, you know, you want to put on gigs and there's not many around venue-wise to play. It's sort of hard to keep gigging, I guess. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, the guy that produced um, all of our music, um, Doug, he... Uh, well, both of us actually got um, Irish Murphy, Murphy's um, back up and running as an original music venue, and that's that's kind of starting to pick up now. I bowed out a little while ago, just in the uh, birth of my second child. Uh, so that's that's good, and there's a few pop-up venues like um, the Taz Dance venue in Launceston. Um, but apart from that, yeah, we need we need some publicans to, uh, yeah, open some spaces that, that can support original music. Otherwise, it's going to die out. But um, I think with the, the amount of bands that are coming out at the moment, we're safe for a little while. But, yeah, certainly the Oak has a monopoly on 
all of the gigs that, that we do have. I think also, I shudder to use this word ever again, but I think due to COVID, I think a lot of places obviously shut down and the live music scene, like it's still picking up the pieces from that two and a half year period where no bands could play gigs at any venues. But I think there's still that thing where that's, like I've seen it here in Melbourne even that some of the best venues have had to close or even struggle to stay afloat. And, you know, before COVID they were having 500, 600 people, some places for gigs and now they struggle to get half that. Yeah. I think, I think one thing that happened as well was a lot of these places had had to pivot a bit during COVID. Obviously they couldn't rely on live music. So they, they changed they changed their venue, they changed their business model, and then when COVID came back, it was just very tricky to to take it back to 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 the way it was before, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like St John's. Yeah, yeah, St John's, you know, they they, they did um, yeah, they did um, a lot of original music, but you know, they they wanted more more seats for food and you can't blame them for that. And you know, yeah. Then, then we came out of COVID, and it just, yeah, not that it wasn't viable, but it just, it just sort of didn't come back. So, yeah, they yeah. haven't done a gig since. That was mm. a really cool venue. Mm. Mm. I've done a couple, but just not loud people like us. Yeah, yeah acoustic <laughs> stuff. Because <laughs> there's one in Gippsland, like that was I thought was going gangbusters, and then I found out now nah, they were struggling to keep afloat due to COVID and the pandemic, and then. They closed earlier this year, and it was it was a great venue because so many amazing bands had played there, including Alpha Wolf, Regurgitator, uh, Mirrors, Ocean Sleeper, a whole heap of bands, and just great memories from it. And when it closed, I was like, that was the last remaining venue in Gippsland that was like, it's only 45 minutes to travel to. It's ideal where I live. Now I've got to travel nearly an hour and a half anywhere to go to a gig. It's it's a shame. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's a real shame. Where do you live, Sam? Um, in Warrigal. So Warrigal, yeah. do you know or are aware of the Unified Music Festival, yeah. the Heavy Gathering? Yep. Yeah. Warrigal's about an hour and a quarter away from where that used to be held or still is held yeah. at Tunnel yeah. Lower. So... About an hour from Inverloch, Warrigal is. So okay, yeah, yeah. So um, and I don't drive. A lot of people don't realise that they're like, oh, you came down drive and like, no, I actually caught public transport to Melbourne to the gig, and then they just like wow. from Warrigal. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's got the train there. Yeah, it's cheaper too. Wow. Yeah. How long? How long is it taking the tram? Train, it's about an hour and a quarter, hour and a half. Yep. It's only about $10 return, so it's nothing really. Yeah. So, mate, what was your record for gigs in a year again? I saw this pop up on your um, on your uh, Facebook. So, at the moment, it is 52 last year. So, I reached 100 in two years. In September this year, I'm, I'm seeing if I could better 52 this year, but I've only got six weeks 
for that to happen. And we've only got four gigs lined up at the moment. Just like, oh, cannot beat it. How many, how many hours is that in the train, mate? <laughs> it's about, a, that'd be at least 150 hours on a train. Truth. At least. That's not including um, connecting trams or trains. Yeah. That's yeah. probably even more than that. But That's a massive effort. I didn't realise that. <laughs> Good work. Um, I, I love it. I, I love supporting live music. I love supporting local music. And um, I do it because it's a passion. I don't, It doesn't bother me about the 2am home getting home at two in the morning. If it's a great gig, I love it. And, yeah. Wicked. That's awesome. We need more people like you. Mm. I had this very conversation with someone on Saturday night, and I've got to be really careful how I put this. And he's even told me it's like he's flawed about saying something. I'm just like, just say it because you have the – um, info and what you do to back up your story. So if anyone accuses you, just say, well, I've been to, you know, such and such many gigs in the last six months and I support the live music scene. I just said to him to say that because if you need someone to back you up, I will. So I think, mate, it's um, <clears throat> incumbent upon bands, particularly in Lonnie and Hobart, to support other bands. So... I think um, you as, a, as an individual uh, are definitely doing your part and you are part of the industry, but I think it's more important that, um, you know, if, if you expect people to rock up to your gigs, you've got to go to other people's gigs. It's it's almost like a renter crowd down here in, in Launceston because, um, you know, you can't always rely on your mates to, mates to go. I'm, all my mates are 35 um, or older, apart from Brito, <laughs> and have families and whatnot. Um, they can't always come out. So, yeah, supporting supporting those fellow members of the scene is really important. You're doing a great job, mate. Thank you. I reckon that's a double-edged sword, that thing about if you expect people to go to your gigs, you should go to theirs. Because in Melbourne, that's a slightly different story because I think there's some bands in Melbourne that think, oh, I expect these people to come, but, oh, they'll have enough people go to their gigs, I won't worry. And it's just like, that's completely untrue. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think if you, you, regardless of who's got who going to what gig, if you want to support the, the scene as a whole, as you do and as you should do, just, just go along, partake mm. in it, you know? Yeah. Because... Like, and this was, there's this guy in Melbourne that has, um, in a band and I've never seen someone in a band literally go to as many gigs that his band isn't playing, that his band is playing. Because I reckon 30 of the gigs I've been to in the last hundred, I reckon he's been at all of them. And it's just amazing to see him because... I've never actually been introduced to him. I've walked past him and said hello because I know who he is, but it's just sort of like incredible to see someone do that. And he's in a band that's only been around two or three years as well. This isn't a seasoned veteran. This is... I wish I had the time and money to do that. (laughs) (laughs) If only money grew on trees, hey? That's right. (laughs) 
Exactly. But yeah. Anyway, on to the most recent thing, and it's hard to ask this question because it's only been out three days. But what has the overall response been like for Drift so far? Yeah, well, if you look at the metrics, I mean, it's hit, you know, 1,600 plays um, since its release. So that's probably the fastest grossing, is that the right word? Grossing song in terms of plays that we've had. So, and then just just mates, bring you up and, and, you know, give you a verbal pat on the back. And yeah, yeah, really good. People have um, enjoyed it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's we, we've um, noticed we've had a few plays on a few of the other songs as well, so it's obviously put us back in uh, in everyone's thoughts, um, which is which is awesome too. So yeah, can you get the rest of the stuff out as well? Actually, mm. 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 because um, for those that don't know, um, uh, there is an EP launch in Hobart on the twenty fourth of November at the Royal Ho- Royal Oak hotel in Launceston. So if you like your slow down Sonic, go down and check out those guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Royal Royal Lake in Lonnie, um, 24th November. We're playing with Gold Throne. Um and uh Mary Shannon from the band Mears, another Tassie band you should be getting around, mate. Very good band. There's four bands now. I reckon we're gonna have ten new bands by the end of this episode, I reckon. <laughs> If you look on our Spotify, we've got a little. We've got two Tassie um, playlists. One with the Devils got my top ten that I did for a um, for like a um, a pod, not a podcast. We call it like just a magazine interview or whatever. And oh, um, there's another sixty something songs full of Tassie bands. Get amongst it, mate. All right. Well, I've got a lot of homework to do tonight. After this, it looks like. You've got plenty of time on a train to get that done, mate. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I could probably get through about three albums, given the how poor the um, Gippsland line is. Yeah, uh, right. Trains always running late, or it gets stuck out in the middle of nowhere, and we have to wait for another train to pass. And oh, no. yeah, it's, it's no trains in Tassie, mate. Just the Midlands Highway could yeah. be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely be worse. You try on a truck. That's about it. <laughs> I did go. I went to Tassie a few years ago. This was about 2016, I think, and I went on one of those double decker bus tours at Hobart. And it's like going down some of the roads. It's like shit. These roads are narrow here. Yeah, it's no like... tracks there. Absolutely. <laughs> but it is one or two cars on them, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is a beautiful place. Pat Tassie. Uh, I haven't been to Launceston though. Next time I go to Tassie, I've got to go to Launceston. I think that's the gig, mate. Yeah, come down to the gig. Uh, well, it's the closest by plane, almost. I think yeah. Adelaide's a bit closer from Melbourne, but outside of Adelaide, it's very close. Mm. Mm. No, well, well, let us know if you're coming down. Yes. Uh, I love um, – I want to actually go to a gig interstate. That's one thing I've never done is go to a gig in another state. So maybe it's time to cross that off the list. Sure. Absolutely. Oh. But um, it's interesting what you're saying about um, the other releases getting a few more plays, though, because um, 
that's good in a sense because like people always want to hear the new stuff, but if they hear the new stuff, they'll go, Oh, I want to check out the rest of slow down Sonic's music and go back to, you know, merry go round and for you and coffee and other songs like that. It's good to see. Yeah. No, 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 it is. No, and and it's good. It just, part part of me thinks as well, maybe, you know, you release that, like I know a band that I like releases something new, you end up listening, listening to their older stuff as well, just for the nostalgia and whatnot. Obviously there's not too much nostalgia with our stuff. It's about 18 (laughs) months old, but you know, like, yeah, but, but, I guess it just means people aren't just listening to that song and then moving on, you know, which is which is good. Mm. And most people would know that I'd give a song a listen once. Like everyone says, all right, here's our new song, check it out. I always give something one listen. Nine times out of ten, it's more than one listen. It's generally on rotation. And, um, yeah, that's like when I checked out Slow Down Sonic 12 months ago, I was just like, I was already um, intrigued because I'm thinking I like the sound of this band because it's that sort of punk rock sound that's similar to Body Jar, I find, probably more than anyone. I don't know if you get those vibes. Yeah, we have heard that before. Yeah, <laughs> we get that a lot. It's, it's weird. I mean, I, I, I like Body Jar and listen to them a reasonable amount. When I was young, I had the Plastic Skies album. Uh, I wouldn't say they're an influence. Um, people say I've got a, a similar voice um, to his, but, yeah, it's weird. You never really make those connections um, between your own voice and someone else's, I wouldn't have thought. But, yeah, like I listened to a lot of um, early 2000s emo sort of stuff like Thursday and Thrice, Poison the World, sort of stuff like that. Um, a lot of Incubus. Um but yeah, never really. I mean, I had, I had the punk phase with Blink One Eighty Two and all that sort of stuff. I think it's just whatever comes naturally to you, and you just write it, don't you? So it's in there somewhere, definitely. Though that that influence. And like, I mean, Body Jar, one of the biggest pioneers of Australian punk rock, too. Like to be compared to them, that's that's pretty high, big high praise. Yeah, never yeah. thought of it like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, yeah. We're definitely not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, actually, funnily enough, the I think he's still part of Body Jar. The drummer uh, originally was from Morwell down this way. I don't think he lives in Gippsland anymore, but he was originally from down this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, there you go. Must be a legend then. <laughs> uh, it's funny, so many people wouldn't have known where Gippsland was on the map until about five years ago when that Unify Festival started up. And also um, bands like Excuse for an Exit and Mirrors making a name for themselves, you know, both being originally from Gippsland, we're sort of on the map now. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. You're, you're helping get Gippsland on the map too, I reckon. Yeah, probably not as much as those two bands and the other bands that I mentioned, but I I think it like yeah, it's I think part of me is a gippy boy at heart, like because I've spent thirty three years here. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're originally from Queensland? Why aren't you a Queenslander?" I'm like, "I'm Victorian through and through because three quarters of my life have been down here." So. Mm. 
No, I'd call you Victorian then. <laughs> and all, everyone's like, oh, why are you so polite? And it's like, uh, why am I so polite? I'm from, I'm not being a prick or anything, but like these people say to me, oh, I go up and talk to someone from metropolitan Melbourne and some people just snob me. I'm like, there's your difference. I'm from regional Victoria because they didn't actually ask where I was from. You know, mm. go, oh, why are you talking to us? I'm like, I'm from regional. That's the difference. And it's not all Melburnians. It's just some, if you don't know them, they will sort of just walk away. But, yeah, mate, you might get a few frosty looks at the next gig you go to. And- <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> oh, i a gig tomorrow too. Crap, I hope they weren't listening. <laughs> no, none of those beds that are playing tomorrow are rude. No, they're not rude. They're nice people. But, um, yeah. And it hasn't actually been bands that I've seen. It's been people that have come along and they're sort of just like, they straight away know for some reason that I'm from Warrigal and they're just like, oh, you travelled all this way? You know? But anyway, we'll leave it at that before I get my head ripped off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Favourite, least favourite thing about being a musician? Uh, favourite thing is... Um, for me, playing live. Yeah, yep. Yeah, hoping to play a few more festivals, Sam. So if you've got any uh, contacts, get around us. Um, but, yeah, uh, we've got the Good Gumnuts one coming up in uh, in Bernie. So that's that's going to be really cool. It's our first festival. Uh, anytime you get to support someone, cool. Like uh, we supported Kingswood and um, Luke and Brasi. Um, so, yeah, just that live element and having a few frothies with the boys. Um, well, the least favourite thing is just the amount of time you spend promoting stuff via social media and the you know the honest truth is with unless you're selling a heap of um merch or doing you know heaps of gigs you just the money it's just a money pit the money that you put into it you're just not getting back out and that's partly due to spotify which is you know people well, don't use spotify then but then you know um that's it you know using spotify as a double-edged sword as we spoke about before Bruno, what's your mm-hmm. least favorite mate? Most favourite thing, I'll probably probably a similar vein, but just just, just pro- carrying your amp, <laughs> yeah, carrying, <laughs> carrying all the gear. No, um, um, yeah, least favourite thing, not necessarily about playing in a band, but just sort of yeah, it. I guess over recent years, the whole that the, you know the scene of live music and sort of where it is, it's not. Um, I don't think as many young people uh, uh, support it. And that's not their fault if they don't enjoy it, you know what I mean? And it's probably got to do with what type of music's played. And a lot of people do go see live music, but really, you know, that really local scene, I think, is it, particularly, I guess, in, in Lonnie at times, it can, it can be hard, yeah. So, yeah. DJs and musicians too, mate. Oh, no, DJs. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Unless, no, no. No. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> I wonder about this, and like this has been a pretty hot topic of late of why um, the live scene maybe isn't appealing to younger audience. I think, and this is a controversial topic, but I think if like we brought back all ages events, not all the time, I'm saying just you know maybe one or two a year, where it's like 
all ages event so that, you know, people from 13 to 17 can attend a gig or festival and be able to expose them to the live music scene because a lot of these gigs and festivals in particular are 18 plus and yeah, yeah. i agree right. i think it and then because not only are, are they can they not access that that live scene for that for the you know due to their age but that kind of it doesn't force them but the music that they end up listening to um you know is just is just whatever's sort of not necessarily played on the radio but big at the time and whatever's big on TikTok and you know that and that sort of tends to be the music that they follow and love and if that if that isn't um you know a four or five piece uh, rock band so to speak or, or or you know something something with a lot of members that, that that you do go and see in a pub when they do turn 18 19 you know it's not really high on their agenda um as you go back a couple of decades and obviously that you know even even longer. I mean, you, know, you go back fifty years ago, and everyone went to a dance with a live band every Friday and Saturday night. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Yeah. So no, I agree with you there. I agree. They start to figure out, you know, where the good stuff is when they start going to festivals and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I think that's a gateway for a lot of young kids into, you know, this type of music is is through festivals and seeing just the feeling of a live band. Um, you know, as opposed to necessarily the monotony of of a, of a DJ or an electronic act. Um, mm. My personal opinion. See, like uh, festivals are good for so many reasons because you get, you know, there's a lineup of 30, 40 bands on some ones like, you know, Soundwave and the Big Day Out in their prime had sort of 30, 40 bands and like Big Day Out was one that I really enjoyed because you had a mixture of different bands from, you know, local bands through to international bands, different genres and all that. I think, um, yeah, festival can sometimes be a lot better than just your local pub gig, but you pay a lot more, obviously. Yeah, mm. Right. Mm. yeah and of course, like you do, and, and it's a whole full day or two day or three day. Um, you know, thing. Um, com- yeah, just compared to a few hours at the pub. But there, but at the same time, you know, you only get to go to a few festivals over summer, um, unless you're lucky and go to more because you can. But you know, you you, you, you can go to your local, you know, every every Friday and Saturday night, twenty fourth November, Royal Oak. <laughs> you can go to the, go to no, keep plugging this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be keep plugging it through gig guides up until the 24th of November. So yeah. um. <laughs> but, um, the, the thing about the festival also, because um, good things has been a hot topic of discussion because everyone is asking me, am I going to good things in Melbourne? And I look at the lineup and there is some amazing talent on there, like Luca Brassi and, Friends of Rom and Fallout Boy and okay. Pennywise, Bullet for My Valentine, Ocean Sleeper, etc. But when I look at it, Luca Brassi is one of the only bands on that lineup that I haven't seen that I want to see. And I'm sort of weighing up. Yeah, but live, Do I pay two hundred and thirty dollars 
just to get to see Luca Brasi in Melbourne or not? Yeah, well, I, I mean, they're definitely worth the $230. <laughs> you can go to Frenzel as an entree, you yeah. know, or or a, or a main court. I'm not sure when Frenzel was playing comparatively to Luca, but yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. I can't imagine a world in which you live in as a Tasman and you haven't seen Luca Brasi. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage. I think they're about this outside of um I think they're the only Aussie band outside of um short stack on that lineup. I don't I think I haven't actually seen. So pretty sure uh, I'll play short stack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say that Braz would be better than short stack. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Very good musicians and I know they I use amps on stage, or I can sure that too. <laughs> if you haven't checked out the cover of Luca Brasi that they did, that, well, they've actually done two covers. They did a cover to How to Make Gravy, which is the one that probably put them on the map because they did it for like a version. Yeah. Then they did a cover of Iris, which yeah. was originally done by Goo Goo Dolls a yeah. year or so ago. Yeah. Mm. They play. Um, uh, Champagne Supernova, Supernova by Oasis Live as well. So oh, they, they do Triple J again. I reckon they'll do that. And that, that sounds massive live. So that's pretty fun. And it will sound better than the Oasis version. <laughs> so they're just saying Oasis. But... <laughs> now that's something oh, we'll pay 230 bucks to go to. <laughs> oh, but um, everyone's... The other funny thing is with the um, good things one is that Limp Biscuit and Devo as your two headliners. It's, I can see that's the funny. Yeah, shit. Yeah, that that's what, mind you. I do love Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> but like Devo, like, like it's it's strange. But I think we've had this thing with good things and festivals where there is one band you look on the lineup and you go. That's a very odd choice. Like the Veronicas a few years ago and Short Stack at Unify, now Devo. I mean, who's next? The Wiggles? I mean, it's... Sorry, mate. Sorry. It could have been on my end, actually. I reckon. I'm not sure. I, I had to. I just. I had to open up a different thing for a second there. I didn't think it'd get out of it. But yeah, anyway, we're, we're all we're, we're back. Yeah, uh, it's all good. Uh, if anyone's joining late, uh, Brito and Alex from Slow Down Sonic, you'll hear it in the first part of the podcast interview. Um, but uh, yeah, I was loving that chat, and then it's. <laughs> Uh, I've accidentally disconnected a band before, so I'm to fault at some stage because I accidentally pressed finish recording on an interview I did, and it was only like 20 minutes in. I'm like, whoops. Oh, dear. 
So, and it wasn't that the bed was boring. The bed was very interesting. It just my finger was too close to the button. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> if we go back to that question, what's one of the worst parts about playing in a band? Technical difficulties. There you go. On stage. That's a very valid point, I reckon, because uh, amp blowing up or a guitar string breaking or any number of things can happen on stage. Every now and then it's actually a good thing because you can blame that on why you played so bad, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, had, I've been at gigs where someone's amp has just literally died and they had to, like, the band stopped for like five to ten minutes so they could find a replacement amp. Thankfully, one of the other bands had one they could use, but that could have ended so badly. Yeah, yeah, always happens. Always happens. There's always someone to save it, though. Yep, someone to save the day, as they say. That's right. All right, favorite song to perform live? Oh, uh, probably uh, Wasted. Nice and easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like Wasted. Got a bit of a solo in Wasted. Yeah. Shred Lord. <laughs> and it goes well over goes over well with the crowd too? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a good song to play. Um you put it put it at the right stage in the set and everyone gets into it. Yeah. Having said that, sometimes we open with it. So but that that's a good sign. It must be everyone must love it. Mm. And I think it's important that um that would be annoying, I reckon, trying to put together a set list. I think as any band, like, you know, there's always going to be the fans to say, oh, why didn't you play this song or why didn't you end with this song? But I reckon putting together a set list for a 30 to 45-minute set must be very hard at some stages. Yeah, it is. It is. And you're just trying to balance, like, you know, you're just trying to balance out the the energy i guess and you sort of want to start um you know start start big and then uh you know you can you can, you can bring it down a little bit halfway through and then make sure you finish big as well but um you know having said that sometimes you know you have to you have to not play some songs or i mean when you first start out and i won't say we're too far past this point really but you just make all the songs that you have work and you just sort of try and try and figure that out but um but yeah, it, it 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 is a tricky part, yeah, for sure. For us, mm. about tunings as well. We've got a lot of random um, tunings that we uh, play around with. So you know, having five guitars at a gig isn't ideal. Yeah. Or tuning on stage. <laughs> oh, that's, I don't know how you travel around with all that equipment as a guitarist or any member of a band like you do it because you love it obviously but especially someone like a drummer where they have to lug around all the cymbals and the kick snares and all that i just couldn't do it yeah no it um it's tricky time consuming but you know it, it is what it is you got to do it mm. and it's worse when there's stairs to a venue there's a few in melbourne that have um, flights of stairs and some quite a few and it's just like I don't know how bands do this yeah yeah 
We'll get a roadie one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, get a roadie to do all the heavy lifting, so you don't. You could just sit there, play, and drink beer. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, still do that, but we just do the heavy lifting as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think, um, yeah, like I would need a lot of beers to get up on stage and sing. I reckon I'd need probably at least a six pack before I started singing. Absolutely. <laughs> Some people do it even when they're not on stage after a six pack, don't they? <laughs> uh, I'm not encouraging drinking either. If anyone's listening no. to this, <laughs> no, neither are we. It's you all all in moderation. Yeah, drink responsibly, as those alcohol ads say. Exactly. All right. Uh, I've only really got two, three more questions, and then, of course, um, Alex times two get to ask me the hard hitting questions if they have any. So the next question is. Which band would you like to be the support act for? Ooh. Well, Incubus are coming to Australia. Um, yeah, that'd so, be pretty cool. That'd be amazing. Pardon me. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Um, I'm going to no. go Incubus. Yeah, I, I, um, I'll tell you what, like I'd... I'd do love Violent Soho. It'd be cool, yeah. but it might, might be a bit corny though. <laughs> People would think they would just put their their song on the on the poster. Like Caius, <laughs> yeah, Kai, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we go, yeah, yeah, like I, I love Caius. Um, oh, you know, no, who who, who are we into? Um, hey, oh, hey, you know. Uh, oh yeah, Turnstile. Turnstile, wow. Turnstile would be sweet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it turns out amazing. Basement, amazing. Mm. Heaps of so many. Incubus. Tool. Yeah, Tool. <laughs> it turns out our genre. Metallica. Though. Metallica <laughs> would be yeah. good. It turns out <laughs> our genre, probably. Uh, probably oh, uh, Blink 182 would be yeah, sweet. Yeah, exactly. Miller Collin, that'd be awesome. Melancholy would be pretty insane, and they have a bit of history um, putting on up-and-coming bands from Australia on their um, gigs because last year when they did the Good Things um, sideshows, Drastic Park from Melbourne actually got to do the sideshow with Melancholy, so you just never know. Never know. I mean, the Deadbeats from Melbourne got to play with Strung Out, so it's... You just don't know what's around the corner. That's right. No. Once we get a stadium down here, we'll get a few more bands. Yeah, yeah, Oh, exactly. that's controversial. Be controversial in your podcast, mate. Wouldn't Go it be stadium. funny, though, if you did do a gig with um, Violent Soho, would, would you get up on stage and sing Slow Down Sonic with Violent Soho? If I got asked, that's the fucking lootly. <laughs> yeah. I'd sing Taylor Swift if they, <laughs> if they wanted me to. Shake it off or bad blood or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee, am I showing my guilty pleasures again? Oh, shit. <laughs> no. I've got guilty pleasures, but they're not that corny. Some people even say, are they really? 
guilty pleasures like Beastie Boys and Bjork, but really, they're, they're, they are, but they're not, because they're still sort of semi-decent music. Yeah. Oh, and you can't, I mean, you know, you can't knock it. They're all selling a lot of albums. So, exactly. you know. Would you trade places with them? Uh, yes. <laughs> Especially Beastie Boys. Like, old school rap, I mean, that rap scene when it was like Public Enemy, NWA, Beastie Boys, the good era, I would mm. definitely trade places with them. Guilty Pleasures is more like Spice Girls or like Aqua. <laughs> I, I, I want to say Beastie Boys is a guilty pleasure. Avril Lavigne, be skater boy. Yeah, yes. There we go. No, my. Oh yeah, yeah. One of my guilty pleasures growing up was Backstreet Boys. I was a boy band fanatic. I was like, this is before I got into rock and metal and punk. I've got to say, you've got a bit of boy band sort of attitude about you, mate. <laughs> and everyone's like, how did you go from listening to Backstreet Boys to Corn to Limp Biscuit to System of a Down and just like my brother? Just the melodies. That's exactly the same thing. I got my guilty pleasure is definitely I shouldn't put Eminem. <laughs> That's not a guilty pleasure, but really like, yeah, he's wicked. So good. But like I, like, I guess it's not really a guilty pleasure. It's like I know all the words to say. <laughs> so, I like myself a bit of Eminem. Like again, old school Eminem. Like anything off the first four albums, definitely. Yeah. Yes, when he used to get censored. Yes, uh, but I'm like. I think at the time, if he said that stuff now, he probably wouldn't have caused as much controversy. Back in the late 90s, I remember when My Name Is came out and everyone was just like, this should be totally banned from every station in the world. It's like, like mm-hmm. yes, there were lyrics in that song that were pretty offensive and derogatory, but compared to some of the stuff you hear in songs nowadays, it's almost tame. Mm. Yeah, but most of them are just trying out, probably out to him. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, I mean, who did... He's dissed everyone. Like, in the song Without Me, for those who don't know the song, Where Have You Been Living, really, because it's been a big hit the last 20 years, he disses Moby... Limp Biscuit, Elvis, among other people, in the one song. It's, mm. it's, yeah. You don't know me. You're too old. Let go. It's over. Nobody <laughs> listens to techno. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Moby didn't like that because um, he, yeah, won't go into the rest of the lyrics. Even though, um, <laughs> saying that stuff on the podcast is a lot cleaner than some of the stuff that has been said over the years, but. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. No, we better we 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 better not. We'll, we, yeah. we might we might we might get dissed by Eminem. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. He hasn't dissed an Aussie yet, has he? Oh, dissed is he? Yeah, can't say a name. Is he? A, a, oh, what's a name? Iggy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't even get a name out. That's just. But yeah, I think he's probably got people to diss in America more than Australia at the moment, but you never know. Mm. Mm. Mate, we, we might have to um, 
go straight to the questions to you because yep. uh, I'm actually at my school recording this and we're going to get locked out soon. <laughs> oh, no, no, no worries. That's completely fine. I don't want you to be locked out. That's <laughs> professional, but also given it's a Monday night, it's probably best we do start wrapping it up soon. Do not. <laughs> All right, here's your question. You ready? Yep. Which venue in Melbourne has the worst toilets? Oh, well, I better not say tomorrow's venue because if I say <laughs> that, I'm in deep shit. Nah, yes. Give me your Mount Rushmore of Australian bands. Just, let's just say make it easy so we don't get into the obvious ones like ACDC. Of the last 10 years. There you go. That's so a good four question. Because there's four faces on Mount Rushmore, obviously. Right. Yep. All right. I'm going to pick one from four different states to make it fair. Oh, I like that. So I think from Victoria, this is where it's just going to be difficult because there's so many like all the other states. I think Victoria, the last 10 years, as controversial as this sounds, I think it's Alpha Wolf, just given wow. how... How big they controversial just... considering they're Tasmanian. <laughs> yeah, that's more <laughs> the fact that I was saying that it was controversial. <laughs> uh, from Queensland, I think I've got to go violent. Like, it's hard to go past anyone but violent Soho from Queensland that have just had that big an influence and burst onto the scene so quickly as well. Mm. <clears throat> No, agreed. New South Wales, yeah, pro it, like outside the bleeding obvious one, Parkway Drive, like we're yeah. staying clear of that. Yeah, I can't see anyone, maybe In Hearts Wake. I think In Hearts Wake are probably. Mm -hmm. They're cool. They're cool. Like Red Hook are great, Polaris are great, but. They've only burst onto the scene in the last five, six years. I mean, in Hearts Wake have been doing it for nearly 15 years. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. And then, then from, I think from Tasmania, I think I've got to go our boys, and we've spoken about them a lot. Luca Brassi, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. There's so no. No, I'm better down here. I don't think you're. I don't think you're offending anyone there. No. <laughs> so technically, did I technically say two Tasmanian bands? Technically, if you yeah, wanted, yeah, to yeah, we weren't going to say anything. We'll leave that up to the listeners. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So Alpha Wolf, Luca Brassi, In Hearts Wake, and Violent Solo. I think that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore of Aussie bands. Yeah, right. Right. That done well. Um, I actually really like that. I haven't actually been asked that question before, so I like when new questions get asked. Um, okay, we need another question. Yeah, one more question. You, you go, I've asked mine. Well, okay, I might even ask another one after this, but give us the best gig you went to in the last, say, let's go six months. Oh. Oh, there's been too many. <laughs> um, all right. 
again, it's going to be um, and then a I'll bear... do a follow-up question for this. This is good. <laughs> so, for me, the best gig of the last six months was at Max Watts back in July. Uh, it was Caskets, Alt, Outloved, and Wind Waker. Um, the reason why I loved this gig was that outside of the guys from Outloved, I actually didn't know anyone else who was going or in the bands. And I was sort of thinking, going to a gig on my own, a venue I've never been to before and only know two of the members of Outloved. Is this going to be worth every dollar? Well, it was worth every dollar and more because literally had the best fucking night. Saw everyone I knew that I didn't even realise that were going. So, yeah, awesome. And then, and then, well, my follow up as you, you sort of explained it, but as someone who goes to a lot of gigs, what not so much like what makes a good like a good live gig in terms of the venue and all that, but like what can the what what's a standout thing or a standout sort of um, um, yet yeah, thing that a band does that makes you go fucking I'm glad I came to see these guys and you know X Y Z what what what's what what's what's the factor? I think it's the crowd involvement. I think. When a band up on stage says, oh, thanks for everyone for coming down, um, we appreciate it, and they sort of get everyone involved and people are singing back to them, I think that shows how much the bands respect the people that come out to the show, and I feel that's what makes a good gig. Awesome. There you go. What you got to do that? <laughs> <laughs> But also I think the um, fact is that I've said this numerous times that um, when I go to gigs or festivals, I have no issue throughout the whole thing if I don't get to catch up with one band or artist because my fact is I'm there to support the band or artist, you know, and nine times out of ten, a band will come up and say hello or I'll go up and say hello, but there are times where it just can't happen for reasons that are out of anyone's control. And I think, um, you know, even if a band just says appreciate what you do, I mean, that's as good as anything at a gig or festival. Yeah. No, great. And it is. I mean, I've been to gigs and, yeah, that's, that, that, that's a clear indicator. I went to, a, uh, I won't say his name, but to quite a huge artist that's been on the planet playing music for like 50 years and he didn't say one thing to the crowd. Yeah. Oh. He left us, um, he left us sort of all just blowing in the wind and it was, and it was great. <laughs> it was great to see him, but it just, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it just would have been nice if he even said hello. Mm. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't mean for bands to say, oh, go and have a 20-minute conversation with someone in the crowd. That, you know, bands have their own time, downtime and all that. But I think and Saturday night was a perfect example of that and very similar to the gig I went to at Max Watts was that I didn't know 
really know anyone out of the bands very well. And I've within the first five minutes, I could tell that it was a gig worthy of paying money to go and see because the first band were energetic. They were involved in the crowd. You could see they loved what they did. And, you know, within five minutes, whether you should be at that gig or not. Yeah, 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 exactly. Is that our oh, hand? Did you? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're very close to getting locked out. Oh, <laughs> I was had to, yeah. Um, no. We got we got through a bit, didn't we? That's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, we got through an hour. We got through a whole heap of stuff. But I want to take a, a moment to thank both Alex and Alex from Slow Down Sonic for being on the podcast and having a chat. I've had a ball, and um, the time went way too quick as usual. Yeah, and, and thanks very much for having us. And thanks for all you do for live music. Absolutely, mate. Thank you. And um, I'll have Slow Down Sonic back on the podcast at any stage in the future. Not next week, but certainly down the track, maybe. Yeah, well, I reckon we'll, I reckon we'll, we'll be doing something to get, get back on here if you have us. Oh, that's, that's a given that you're coming back on. <laughs> I don't... I don't even care if it takes another 12 months, really. Like, I'll, I don't think it will. I'll make sure we uh, spread the word, mate, and get the Tassie bands on, on your podcast. Yep. And, um, yeah, you'll get these links to both parts oh, half an hour at absolute most. Probably not even that. So, sure. and you can share around and you'll hear, obviously, Drift in a unreleased sneaky track as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy. And please do check out Slow Down Sonic. And I'll check out the bands that both Alex and Alex mentioned throughout the podcast. We've got a lot of homework to do now. My word. My word. Good homework, though. Fun homework. Yeah. It's not even really homework. It's just research, really. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right, well. It's been an absolute pleasure, Alex and Alex from Slow Down Sonic, and hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday evening and we'll chat again soon. No worries. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Sam. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Cheers, mate. Catch up.